Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Hummison, joined, as always, with the good vicar, a.k.a. Nick Pierce, lead pastor at Calvary Chapel Lake of the Ozarks. If you want to know why he wants to be called the good vicar... I don't want to be called the good vicar. That's not true. Go back and listen to episode one, where we specifically asked what you wanted to be referred to as lead pastor, senior pastor, and you said, and I quote, the good vicar. Uh, Not at all. Go back and listen to episode one, where we break down our families and just a little bit more about us. There's one family we can thank for calling me the good vicar. There's only one family at Calvary that calls me that. That's fair. And they're a big family, so there's a lot of them. Yeah, it's never going to go away. So, (laughs) Well, hey, if you're new, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Not welcome back. Welcome to the podcast. If you're returning for episode two, welcome back. Um, We're going to sit down today. We're going to discuss last Sunday's sermon just a few days ago. So today's Tuesday as we're recording this. Just a couple days ago, you preached a sermon. That's the sermon. It's still a little fresh in my mind. It's a little, I'm glad it's fresh in your mind. I had, I had one person, they were, they were walking out and they didn't like, normally this person would stop, talk, hang out. And all this person did was like, just lean over and like half whisper to me, (laughs) don't take your foot off the gas. And then just kept walking out. And I was like, I'm telling you you too. (laughs) It was one of those messages that was really good. But I say that with, with an asterisk next to it. Like, when a lot of people hear really, like, hey, that was really good, what a lot of people think of is like, oh, that tickled my ears, or that was a feel good. No, no, no. That's no, what no. I was going for. You missed no. the mark completely. <laughs> because the common theme that I heard from people walking out of Sunday morning is, I did not enjoy that message. <laughs> that Why was incredibly convicting. <laughs> Which it was. I'm looking up. Somebody texted me. Keep going. I'm telling you, it was like Z and I talked about on the uh, the post show mm-hmm. for online. Uh, we talked about how incredibly like we needed to hear that, and there were some things in our lives that uh, it did not resonate well with. There, <laughs> there were some things that the Lord needed to surgically remove and cut out. And the sermon was great. You talked last week. Um, you talked a lot about weight. Are we talking about my weight right now? No, 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 really no not, not physical, no, not no, physical weight, yeah, no, no. Uh, but spiritual weight, like yes. the weight that the Lord has in your life. You referenced that some more this week, mm-hmm. but you really, you really dove into um, the cost of sin mm. and what sin does in our life and, and what sin does to us. So much so to the fact of, I have to pull up my notes because this is one thing for me, and now this is just me, I've, I never thought of. Now, um, this is all like live action too. Like we didn't plan. This is what we were going to talk about. Like Jerron's going off the cuff. I'm literally shooting from the hip here. I have no idea really what he's going to get. All he told me is like, hey, I want to talk about this sermon from Sunday. And so I said, all right, you're leading and driving on this. And so. So it'll be a train wreck. So, we, so we hand it best. back over to <laughs> Jerron Humiston, creative pastor. So you said, and I wrote this down and I'm not going to quote you because I probably won't go back and listen to the sermon. We'll put it in the show notes. But you said. Um, something to the effect of, and feel free to chastise me if I need it, uh, Satan wants us to focus on our earthly death more than our spiritual death. And you were talking about and referencing um, in Genesis the interaction between Adam, Eve, and the serpent within the fall. Mm -hmm. That, to me, was mind-boggling. 
maybe to somebody else it wasn't. Maybe I'm just such a shallow Christian. I shouldn't be. But that to me was incredibly challenging and helpful at the same time. Yeah. To think through so much of what we focus on is right now. Mm -hmm. So much of what we focus on is in the moment where you completely kind of reverse that looking back to scripture and the language that Satan used with the fall and with sin. You did that and I was like, okay, I just need to process this. Yeah, so to say it, to say it even harder, so when we don't set our minds on things above, which is Colossians 3:2, tells us to set our minds on things above, not on things of the earth. When we don't do that and we do become overly focused on on this earth, the here and now in our life right now, mm-hmm. it's satanic. See, so when you say it like that, that, that hurts. did make it you know what I mean? Worse. Because that is that's the tool that he wants us to see is that the here and now is the only thing that matters because if we view our life, the purpose of our life, even trying to find fulfillment and peace, anything, if we if we look at all of that in light of eternity, well well obviously we're gonna be led to the Lord, you know, like yeah any of us thinking about, okay, what is, what is in this afterlife? You know, that's usually how we evangelistically sometimes try to approach people. Like I remember being at uh, like student camp as a teenager and like, if you died tonight, where would you go? The get out of jail free card. Yeah, <laughs> that's really awesome. I mean, it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. Like when you think about, okay, that's heaven, that's hell. Well, of course I don't want to go to hell. So yeah, let's go to heaven, you know, but the, the focus is, uh, I think has now shifted some where it's not just a get out of jail free card, but the Satan wants us to focus on the here and now. So if we don't even, if we don't even think about the afterlife, well, we don't have to even, we don't even have to try to go after a get out of jail free card. If, if I think it was Corey Tenboom said, and we're going to probably blank on the first word. If the, if the devil can't deceive you, he's just going to keep you busy. And you're going to be busy by the things of this earth. Like, you're going to be busy now. Yep, I've heard that because yeah. it has to do with distraction. Like, yeah. if you can't get And those it, distractions are going to be the here and now. And and I think the part in the sermon that impacted me pretty big was... Because that, that, we talked about that last week. That yeah. does happen to... Like, that's what's cool is you're not just up there like, hey, here is... Here's my, because some people would say like, hey, here's my self-help for you to get you through the week. Yeah. It's like, no, like, this is something that the Lord is learning me is teaching me at the same time that I get to teach the multitude. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of people ask like, Hey, what's your preaching style or how's your, how do you craft sermons? And like, I, I think the, you know, obviously like letting the Holy spirit lead and guide stuff like that. But I want to talk about the ways that I'm impacted because for me, I feel like authenticity and the realness is going to carry further than what it's what I needed to hear. Not what I think the people in the seat Mm. needs to hear because it's so much more, convincing and convicting if i just lay my life out there and say this is where the word this is where this passage is hitting me is anybody else in here in the same boat as me and some might be some might not and if they're not they at least appreciate the authenticity and if they are they're like dang i mean even the pastor's going through this like okay i'm not so bad of a person but the the part that really impacted me this sunday was um the line that i used like Satan wants us to believe the lie that like one more is going to do it for us. Mm-hmm. Like let it be. 
and I and I use kind of two different sides of the spectrum, like the really, and I'm using air quotes if you're only listening, the really big gross sins, yeah. or the kind of the more respectable sins that little white lie, yeah, the, yeah little yeah, white yeah. lie stuff like that. But um, Satan doesn't care which one that we choose, and so he wants to distract us from the things of this world. He wants to keep our focus off of eternity. He wants to keep us on the here and now and so the lie that he has for us in that is so take the big gross sins i was talking about like you know one more one night stand mm-hmm. isn't going to find fulfillment one more drunk fest isn't going to do it yeah. getting high one more time isn't going to find that um or and then i went on the other side of the spectrum like i mean if you if you got to pound a thing of ice cream every night just to get you through you know like that's your drug yeah just because it's we not. always justify like I'm not as bad as they are. Exactly. At least I'm not doing that thing. Yeah. When in fact, or if we're like running to social media to find our identity and purpose because we had so many likes and hits and friends. Hopefully, you might be hitting like some. That. You might right. be hitting some. You know, <laughs> some heartstrings on that one. Well, those need those need to be like plucked. And so, uh, and those are real things that hit me. Like even we got home and my wife was like, "Really scrolling social media?" And I'm like. <laughs> That's authentic. That's that's one of the struggles I have, yeah. you know, just I get distracted in that. But what Satan, the lie that he wants us to believe is, oh, one more will do it. Mm-hmm. And he always wants you to think one more, one more, one more. And no matter how many one mores you take, you'll always be left empty wanting one more because he wants you to waste the thing that you don't have one more of, mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. And if you can waste your life, there isn't one more of that. And he won. So keep you focused on the here and now. Keep you distracted because, I mean, he only has to do it for just a few years. Yeah. Where if we set our minds on things above, like there's eternity there, but he just has to keep us distracted for a few years. I mean, our life is but a mist. And it's like we have to understand the schemes of Satan. And that's what John is writing there. You know, you can boil them all down to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, show me a sin that it doesn't fall into one of those categories yep. at the end of the day. Yep. You know? And and that's the crazy part of that passage in First John is like, oh, don't love the things of this world or the things that are in this world. Well, what's in the world? And he only calls out internal things of mm-hmm. our hearts. Because uh, we were talking in life group, and one of our life group members brought this up. Um, and not for this sermon, for last week's, but it, it still kind of fits where, oh, how did he say this? It's not the behavior as much as it's the heart from which the behavior flows from. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so if I get mad at you and I punch you, like, yeah, the behavior, we, we can't hit each other being coworkers. Yeah. I don't know why we can't. Like, I don't know who put that in the, in the handbook. <laughs> totally okay with that. You know, that's, that's a great thing. I'm glad <laughs> no that exists. I get the rest of you guys are bigger <laughs> and stronger than me. But it, you know, yes, the behavior is bad. But what is going on in my heart that makes me want to strike you? Mm. That's where the Lord wants to work. Um, I think it was like Tim Mackey. He was talking about, like, how serious does God take sin, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so let's take one of the, the, the most grotesque sins that has ever, like, just been on our planet, uh, child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And we give it that somewhat respectable name. So you could talk about it at dinner parties and stuff like that or whatever. But it's a horrible thing that kids are used for for the whole sex trafficking industry and stuff like that. And it's like God absolutely hates that. But he hates it more than we do. Mm. 
Because he doesn't want to just get rid of child sex trafficking. He wants to get rid of lust mm. and desire. Well, where do those flow from? The root of, mm. uh, uh, Jeremiah would say, your heart is evil and deceitful and nobody can even understand it. Like, that's what he, like, he's doing heart surgery on us, not behavioral modification. Yeah. Which, just to take a quick soapbox, that's the problem sometimes with the church is we're more worried about behavior modification than we are shepherding people's hearts. Hey, fix your sin. Hey, fix yourself. Then. Yeah. Live like us morally, yep. and then we'll work on heart change. Well, it doesn't work that way. Like, even John, he hit the root of the problem. we got to go to the heart first. Yeah. We're transformed from the inside out. And parenting's the same way. A lot of us parents lean, and I have four kids, so I feel like I'm somewhat qualified to speak into it. Um, maybe. Maybe. Um, a lot of us parents fall into the trap of uh, we think parenting is behavior modification. And it's not. Biblically, we as parents are called to shepherd the hearts of our kids. Mm. And there's a difference. If you, if you only parent your kids for behavior modification, the best you're going to get is maybe obedience. Maybe. But they're always going to have the heart to want to rebel against mm. them. But if you shepherd the heart of your child, if you disciple the heart of your child, well, now you're getting transformation. The behavior will follow. You know, like what you pour in, you'll get out. So you shepherd and, and you bring that heart change to your kid. You, you know, behavior modification will come from that. But if you lead with behavior modification, it's in our it's heart never, to rebel. Yeah. And, and it's the same with the Lord. He, he wants to get to the heart of the problem. So, like, don't love the things in this world. Where does that love for the world and the things happen? That's well, within us. Mm. You know, we, we can't outrun it. We can't go on some high mountaintop and get away from it. And so, anyway, there's my soapbox. There we go. Take it away, host. No, that was... <laughs> That was just that was so just starting next week. We've got a, a, a parenting discipleship podcast <laughs> with the good vicar. <laughs> I almost spit my water. I know that. Sorry. Um, okay. I want to back up a little bit. I had a yeah, great yeah. segue until you soapbox, which that's, that's what's no, no, that's, that's what's what great. Happened. This is, this is the fun part of it. Um, you've referenced this before. Uh, if you're, if you're new to Nick sermons or Calvary, you, you've talked about this before and it's made its way into your sermon uh, but specifically today uh, on Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, where we talk about how we view Satan as this massive deceiver, like this black and white, I'm going to know when Satan is messing with me. Oh, yeah. And it's like the, the shift is that he's the father of lies, but he's also the father of confusion. Like, And so the language that we've used before is that I'm going to turn up the, the thermostat a degree i'm gonna turn it down a degree i'm not gonna know yeah immediately like if we go from 80 to 60 i'm gonna feel that yeah. or vice versa and same you know in that same vein of uh so many times i feel like christians get caught up in that worst we are we are honestly proactively looking mm. for satan to to get the gotcha moment like gotcha yeah gotcha in that big sin and it's like he just kind of comes in and deceives. Oh, yeah. He just kind of comes in and let me just reach around and turn the thermostat up yep. once. It's that whole analogy of frogs. Do you remember, mm -hmm. you remember the frog analogy? Yeah, you put a frog in boiling water, it's going to jump right out or want to get out. Yeah. But if you slowly turn up the heat, it's going to stay until it's... Yeah, because dead. by the time the water's warm enough, their muscles are so uh, weakened that they can't jump out. Like it's too late. They're, they're in too deep. And so are you saying it's sinful for me to be in a hot tub? Yes, it is. Yeah. 
Dang it. It just feels so good. It makes my muscles feel good. And so Satan loves to do the same thing because we do. We think he's this, um, it's like black and white, clear cut and dry. We think blatant lies and we need to think counterfeits. Mm-hmm. And the greatest story on counterfeits is my wife, actually. Not that she's a counterfeit. You might don't take quickly, that out of context. Quickly, okay. She worked her one of her first jobs in high school was at Burger King, mm-hmm. and she worked the drive-through window. Yep. Well, the hometown that I'm from, there there was people. We shall remain nameless. And nameless. There we go. Everybody <laughs> knows, but um, they, there would be people that would try to use counterfeit twenties and cash mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, they come through the drive-through and they hand my wife at that time, not my wife, but she's like a teenager. They hand her money to pay for the Burger King and the, she like doesn't even look at the bill. She just grabs it from them. Yeah, but even just feeling it, like the the touch of the money, she knew there was something off, like it didn't feel Mm -hmm. right. She didn't have to like hold it up to the light, didn't have to do the marker test, didn't have to get and whatever else. Like things they do at Walmart with my money. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't have to do any of that. And, And she was a teenager at the time, not that my wife is not amazingly smart, but like she's not a leading expert in counterfeits. Mm-hmm. Well, how did she know? Like almost every alarm in her went off. They would like, hey, something is wrong here. Well, it's because she handled the real thing so much yeah. that once somebody brought this counterfeit across, it stood out to her. Where so flip it if if nowadays because we're going to like a cashless system or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody could just drop a new twenty on me and i probably wouldn't know my wife doesn't allow me to carry 20s i don't know nice so if i see one i'm like oh man that's nice and then my kids are like that's to the monopoly game i don't know what it's like <laughs> that's pink i can use it at yeah, walmart yeah, right I don't that. yeah so and so satan's the same way we think blatant lies but we need to think counterfeits and the thing about a counterfeit is it's going to be so close to the real thing and it and there's going to be a lot of partial truth to mm-hmm. it you know like if you read the whole of scripture and you understand you know, the Antichrist and what that's going to look like, you know, he's going to bring peace. He's going to bring unity. He's going to bring, you know, where we're all of humanity is going to be one nation and all this. And it's like, that kind of sounds nice. That sounds very utopic. That sounds like what would be wrong with this? And it's like, because there's going to be a lot of little truths buried in there, but in that is going to come landmines, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's a trap that's yeah, going to get you. That's the thing with landmines. Or if you, you know, go talk to a Vietnam vet with the different traps that they mm-hmm. were set, you know, in the jungles and stuff like that's the thing with landmines. It has to look really good in a normal road. You know, if you rolled up and there was a big sign like, hey, watch out, landmines, or you saw them all well, sticking up out of the road. Yeah. yeah, like, well, this is stupid. But, and that's how we think Satan is. But it's really not. It looks like, oh, this is the way we should be going. And, and if you stay vague and general, like how Eve was in the garden and Adam, you know, you're going to fall for those things. Mm-hmm. But if, if you handle the truth a lot, if you know those key areas where there is a counterfeit and how, you know, that's, you know, like a whole catch me if you can movie. Yeah. They knew how he was counterfeiting things. If you know the counterfeits of Satan, then, then you'll know what to look for to see what's authentic and what's real. And if it's the same three things that he used in the garden, the same three things that he tried to get Jesus uh, in Matthew 4 in the desert, and it's the same three things he's trying to do with us. Mm. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's like Satan isn't creative. Like, I, I know he is, but it's <laughs> yeah. like he used the same three. Here we go. Here's the same three things that they all boil, you know. But look how effective they are in our world. Like, so. if it, it, I mean, if it's working. Why change it? Why change it? If it ain't fixed. If it ain't broke, don't yeah, fix it. Exactly. Like. 
as a whole of humanity, like how, how much of a struggle just thinking of like, you know, the lust of your eyes, the lust of your flesh and pride. I mean, that's all of humanity right there. And so it, it works and it works well. And you know, why I think pride is one of them too. Would Satan fall from pride? Mm, thinking he was better, yeah. bigger. Thought he was bigger and better than God. And so if he's probably thinking in his mind, brain, whatever, however Satan thinks, like I was a, a perfect created being in a perfect um, environment, let it be heaven. He's doing a perfect thing. He was, uh, Ezekiel tells us he's like, a, was one of the lead worshipers mm-hmm. of angels. And it's like, and I was given a perfect good thing, free will. And if I felt a pride, I mean, how much mm. more easier would it be to cause the rest this? of us? Yeah. yeah. And the thing that probably irritates Satan the most is we're offered redemption and he's not. Mm. Isn't that crazy? And now, now look at where is the, where is the ministry of worship placed now? Not on angels, Ooh. but on the mm. church, on people. So the very dust of the earth that he created, he said, yeah, that's your job replacement there, Satan. <laughs> you know, In your face. In your face. There you go. That's <laughs> what you get. So, sorry, I'm rabbit trailing a bunch. No, no, that's good. Um, that's what we do. It's, just pull my string and let me go. <laughs> <laughs> when you think that this is Nick geeking out in so many ways, it just happens to be, hey, we're studying this passage of scripture. I'm going to pull the Energizer Buddy string. And-, and it's not quite fair to you because I was already like primed up a little bit because of the women's Bible study this morning. Yeah. They were already asking no, questions, it's, so this is already like in that same frame. So. And what's cool, e- even in that, is a lot of times you, you'll hear in church world is like, oh, w- what a coincidence. Like, how crazy is it? It's not. Like, how crazy is it that we can that we can come into the studio and sit down? You're primed in the sense of like you'd had that conversation, but we didn't sit down, and I have your sermon notes, my own notes, and just say, hey, let's have a conversation, because that was... That was always the heart behind the podcast is, and we talked about that last week in the first episode, is you and I are walking through our own sanctification process, and you and I are, are going to fail. Like, whether it have been five minutes ago or in five minutes, you know, whatever it is, for sure. and for, for anyone and everyone listening to, to understand that there's nothing special about us. Yeah. Like, there's a title in front of our name, and we're held to a higher standard. But other than that, you, you and I are human beings yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, I love Paul Tripp. He says, just because we lead in the ministries of the body of Christ doesn't mean that we don't need the ministries. And so, like, I need that sermon mm. just like anybody else. I need grace just like anybody yeah. else, you know. And the shift for me is, and I have to be very careful, is uh, Sunday morning is a work day for us. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to fall into the trap of I'm providing something for the ministry. Yeah. Which is where the guards and the unhealthiness in my own life where Satan begins to click that. Hey, hey, you can watch this later. Yeah. Hey, you, you don't need this because you're above like in, in that. And it's like three, four weeks down the road. It's like, no, no, I need, yeah. I need the ministry as, oh, as sure. much as I have things to offer. Um, and how cool is it that the Lord uses you on a Sunday morning from the platform and the stage as much as sometimes even what someone else is learning in the conversation I'm having in the lobby mm-hmm. or with somebody online about how they, how the Lord used that in their own life two minutes after you said it. 
you know, like, hey, I can't believe I, I really need to chew on this. But this is, you know, this is the immediate knee jerk reaction and how, you know, for us here at Calvary, the core ministry that we do is life groups yeah. unapologetically. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. we're going to say if you're involved, if you're committed to Calvary, you show up on a Sunday morning and you're, you're, you're involved in a life group because there's so much life transformation that happens in that relational connectivity of, you know what? I never thought about that that way. We had that situation last week where it was like somebody said something and I was like, oh man, I didn't even think of it through that lens, but the way that you were raised or whatever it is about you in, in your background and your history that makes that subtle shift. You didn't talk about it on stage yeah. that way, but the nine of us sitting in my living room, we got eight different things that we're all learning <laughs> from. And it's like, yeah, we got another sermon, you know, like we got another sermon, the Lord's working and Absolutely. moving. And like, that's the cool part. And it creates the space to do this. Yeah. It creates the space to be able to, where it's not only what God is doing in you, that sometimes when you walk into those life groups or where you're you know, trying to create that similar atmosphere like this online. Yeah. You know, Verbatim. You know, yeah, it works perfectly. Exactly perfect. uh, what God is doing in you might not be just for you, mm. but it might be the person that's sitting across from you in your life group that, you know, hey, this is how this impacted me. You share that. And that person, and sometimes we don't know, could be like, that was life changing. Yeah. Me. You know, yeah. But imagine if we wouldn't have said it, didn't have the boldness to open up in life group. Imagine we didn't even go to life group. Imagine we didn't have life. Tired. Groups. I had a busy week. Yeah. I just that little shift. Because how many times in the New Testament do you see the disciples following up after Jesus taught, saying like, "Hey, help me with that." What? What? what all all the time. I don't know what Bobby you're reading, but I get a step by step of like, John here said, ask this question. Here's how Jesus responded. Yeah. Absolutely. And those right. are the ones that are just recorded for us. Like, yeah. I'm sure there was all kinds of conversations. You know, he, John says that, like, there's so much. We, we could fill volumes and volumes of books, but I only wrote these certain things. And so, you know, there was more conversations. Mm -hmm. There had to be. There was three years. I yeah. mean, so, no, it's good. Sorry, I was we were rabbit trailing. Again. No. You had another thought, too, I thought. You, you'd mentioned it before with Satan changing oh, what we were talking priorities about. and perspectives. Oh, wait. The, it's where we started. I think I, I, I rabbit trailed us away, but the here and now that Satan wants us to focus oh, yeah, on the yeah. here and now yeah, yeah. instead. And so Sorry, you took me for a ride. I was oh, like, yeah, uh, big rabbit trail. I don't there. remember. But the, but the idea of how did he do that with Adam and Eve is because he looked at Eve and said, you know, did God actually say, so he attacks God's word. Mm. And then you will, you cannot eat from any tree in the garden. Mm -hmm. And so he attacks God's generosity, his character, which I think God is still under those same attacks, his word and his character. And I think one of the biggest questions we hear in the sense of God's character being attacked is if God is all-powerful, all-loving. All the omnis. The omnis. The omnis, yep. And then why do bad things happen? Why is there evil in the world? You know, And so we're, it's like because we see evil, we run to smear God's character instead of, we see evil in the world. We, we don't run to God for refuge. Mm. And so he's still under the attack the same way. And, and so he looks, uh, I think it's like verse 4 of Genesis 3. Uh, the serpent said to the woman, uh, you, will not, you will not surely die, for God knows when you eat it, your eyes will be opened. And so we, it was probably the only part we were, I don't know if we were talking about it for the podcast, but it's talking about it. Like what would it have been like for Adam and Eve when they ate? Yeah, because before we started recording, I'd asked you, like, oh, this is where my crazy brain goes, yeah. is 
the moment that enters the world. Because there's so many things that we could have a conversation about. But the moment that sin enters the world, what did Adam and Eve think? Yeah. What did they feel? What did they experience? Because everything shifted in that moment. Yeah. And that's the, like you had said, um, you know, did they think when they bit into whatever it was, whatever fruit that was, were they, were they just going to drop down dead right there? And it's like, but they had never saw death before. Mm-hmm. You know, you like this. I thought them. I got you on that one. I was, and yeah, then you're like, like no, no, they, they've never seen anything die because death didn't enter the world until sin into the world. Well, sin didn't enter the world until they disobeyed. And it's like, so, so it wasn't like they were just walking along and there was like roadkill on the side of the road. And you know, like when Adam, thing, and yeah. Adam and God were walking through the cool of the garden, be like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's, that's, that's a possum. <laughs> like it's not moving. Well, it got ran over, you know. Like, I don't think possums enter the world until after the fall. There's no yeah, way absolutely. that was, there's no way. And so, you know, they never, they never experienced death in any context, mm. you know. And so when, and that's the, that's the believable lie then for Satan to use is let's take something that they've never experienced, twist it so that they'll fall to want to experience it mm. when it's actually worse. Which so, that's our culture. In that's every our culture. Way today. You know, FOMO, yep. fear of missing out. But take that to the sinful level. Oh, I've never done this drug, or I've never done that, or him or her. Like you know, yep. they, they're just going to call it what it is. You know, that's why the hookup culture is so huge. Is because, like, oh, I've never experienced that. I want to experience that. And it's like, there are some things you don't want to experience, and and I think that's the lie that Satan used. And so he he. He got him to say, hey, there's something here mm-hmm. that God's given you everything, but he hasn't given you everything because here's this that he's withholding from mm. you. And, like, he plays on that desire and that lust um, that starts there. Yeah. Like, it's not that they had it. Like, it starts. started there. We're like, we, we kind of grew up. Like, no, this is fine. <laughs> we already had that. We knew that. We knew that. Uh, like, that was, so even before they ate, like, when it's saying that she looked at the fruit and it looked good for food, it was desirable to make one wise it was pleasing to the eyes like these were new desires that are you know kind of were already started yeah you know kind of like the first time you looked at a girl and she was actually cute instead of like hey, girls are gross and like well that one's not too bad to look at right there you know like that's a new desire yeah but that's not a new desire to humanity you know our parents would laugh at us and be like oh you got a crush and you know we joke about it but these were new desires that were starting and so yeah, that whole concept is crazy because Satan wanted them to worry more about their physical death, mm. you know, and, and even though they really didn't know what that was, but they didn't know what spiritual death was either because yeah. they were never separated from God. They were in the garden with them. And like, it's a, it's a crazy thought because then as far as I can tell in scripture, you know, the first thing that they experienced death was is uh, later in three after the whole like hey adam where you at and we have the whole curses and the serpent and crawling on belly and the woman and the ground nakedness nakedness yeah like and and you know just being biblical like the only thing that wasn't cursed was adam he cursed everything else around him Mm. he cursed the woman he cursed the ground he cursed the serpent but he didn't curse adam even though adam is how sin came through the whole world but after all that It says in verse 21 that the Lord God, so Yahweh God, made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So even there at Genesis 3, there was a sacrifice to cover their Mm. nakedness. So there was already 
some form of a sacrifice in play for the in play for the covering of sin. To which you carry that back out, you know. <laughs> next next book, Exodus, Passover lamb. Mm-hmm. This has got to die. This perfect lamb to cover atonement for our sins. So the angel of death will pass over, and then this thread that continues. Yes, there's the thread that's all the way to starts. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, that's a great place to bookmark. There it is. There's there's enough in that to. <laughs> you go back and watch it again. Right? I like, started to say you might pause, rewind. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much just in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you know, that really give us world, that answer the worldview questions. Like, where did we come from? How did we get in this mess? Mm. Like, it doesn't matter what your theological stance is. You know that there is evil and bad things in in the world, you know. Like, how did we get in this mess? Because seeing evil, you know, we're able to understand, well, then there's perfection. Because if it was without this, then everything would be good. So how did we get here? How did we get in this mess? And how do we get out of this? Mm. You know? And so there it is. Starting. Fun side note, we'll end on this. Yeah. You know what I think the Uh-oh. you know you know what I think the fruit was that Adam and Eve ate? What do you think it was? Passion fruit. Passion fruit? Just makes sense. Have you heard any other theories of what it could be? Uh what, which ones have you heard? And we'll go from there. <clears throat> I don't remember. I've I've yeah. no I've heard So I've heard passion fruit. I've also heard uh pomegranate. Okay. It's an aphrodisiac. Know that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know why that had to be. <laughs> um, and then I've heard fig tree. Fig, that I have. Okay, that's one I have they heard. Clothe themselves yep. with fig tree, which is another kind of fun thing that we're still clothing ourselves in plants. Touch the feel of cotton, the fabric of our oh, lives. Oh gosh, that's a throwback. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've heard that, and then uh, you know, because we always say apple or yep. something like that. But yeah, those because that's what we all learned in kids ministry. Absolutely. We need to straighten out some of these kids ministry leaders. Do you know any that we could like? I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> I, I, I plead the fifth on that one. Well, hey, man, thanks for, for sitting down and geeking out. geeking out and having a conversation. Thank you so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on the podcast, one thing as we wrap up that would be super helpful to us as we continue this, uh, we're going to do this each and every week. We're shooting to record on Tuesdays, and then either that day or shortly after we'll have the podcast up and released. But if you like what you're listening or watching to, like it, give it a thumbs up, yeah. share it, subscribe to the podcast. It would greatly help us as our heart's desire is to just impact people, yeah. the gospel of Jesus. And so we're going to keep doing this each and every week, sitting down, geeking out, sharing what we've learned, sharing our journey on the sanctification process and all of our craziness. But uh, for now, we're going to wrap up episode two. We'll see you guys next week for episode three when we dive in again. We'll Thanks. see you guys have a great time. Week, day, night, whenever you're listening, we'll see you guys next week.